Hey everyone, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. So this episode is part of the Scary Stories by U.S. States. If you missed the older episodes, please click on the eye icon on the top right of the video or in the description below. I would love to see this channel grow, so if you could hit that subscribe button and share my videos with family and friends, we can grow together. Unwind, turn off your nightlights, but whatever you do, don't let that monster inside your house get you. Now please enjoy this episode titled Triple Dose of Scary Stories from Alaska. <laughs> Story 1 about half a decade or so, I was serving as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Some call us Mormons, which is chill with me. I don't really care. Anywho, I spent two years of my life in the great state of Alaska, meeting people from all walks of life, performing acts of service, whether that be chopping wood or working at a soup kitchen, and of course, knocking doors, trying to talk to people about Jesus. I've had plenty of weird and strange experiences on my mission, such as that one time my companion John, the guy I teach and serve with. So John and I were in a stairway in a sketchy neighborhood at night. We both heard the same raspy voice in our left ear say, No. With no one there. Or the time I lived on a church on an Indian reservation where the locals told us to be in by nightfall and we heard strange things at night. Or even when an old Japanese man told us he co-handed the Book of Mormon that we gave him and he gave it back to us with a note stuck in the middle that says, I'm sorry, I can't keep meeting with you gentlemen. Something has come up and be careful. The others are watching. We went back a week or so later to check up on the elderly Japanese man due to him being older and alone. We peeked through his front window and we find that his house was absolutely bare. No furniture, nothing on the inside. The crazy thing is, is that that man was a pack rat and his house was a mess. So maybe he was kidnapped by a secret society. I don't know. The full story I'm going to share with you takes place in January of 2016. I lived in Fairbanks, Alaska, about two miles or so south of the Arctic Circle. Life was rough at the time because the sun only came up for about four hours every day. And when it did, it only stayed on the horizon with it being dark by 3 or 4 p.m. every day. Lastly, add sub-zero temperatures into the equation and people not exactly being the kindest given the circumstances of being a missionary. There were many days of slam doors and nights of eating cup noodles by a heater. In the area of Fairbanks, there were about 10 to 12 missionaries serving different areas of the city and like any organization, 
there has to be leaders to pass down information. We call these missionaries zone leaders. They gave us trainings, relayed info from our mission leaders, and just did the best to keep order amongst 20 or so 18 to 20 year olds. One of the duties that these leaders perform was to go on exchanges with different sets of missionaries, where you would swap the person you would go out and teach with for the day, learn some pointers, be away from your companion that you might hate, and among other awesome things, I guess. At that time, our zone leaders were a very dysfunctional pair. In order to protect their privacy, I guess I'll call them Elder A and Elder B. Male missionaries are addressed as elders. Elder A was a round, jolly farm boy. Nice as can be, but not a lot going upstairs. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Elder B was nice, easygoing, athletic guy. But turns out, the man was a certified sociopath. There was a lot of problems between the two of them. They clashed and fought all the time. And you know contentions can breed bad things. On to the event in question. So I had gone on one exchange with Elder A and Elder B. I went with Jolly Elder A, while Elder B, who is basically a young Patrick Bateman, aka American Psycho, aka Ted Bundy, aka... Okay, I think you get the drift. Anyways, Elder B went with my companion John. I, on the other hand, was going to be staying with Elder A in his area of town. They lived in what used to be a farm in the middle of the woods, and it has been crudely converted into a duplex with the elders living in the upstairs apartment. Let me tell you, this place sucked. The heating would go out in the middle of winter in Alaska, which is awesome not. So what they did was they covered the windows with saran wrap and left the oven open to heat the place. Not to mention, the neighbors downstairs smoked so much weed that if you went to the upstairs apartment for even an hour, your coat would stink of pot for days. So that's where my quarters would be on this sub-zero arctic night. So my date with Elder A was pretty normal visiting people, teaching, and shoveling an old woman's driveway. We then returned to the apartment in the evening, and everything went well until we got to bed. When you're on a mission, you have to be within sight and sound of your companion. Except, of course, when you know, um, bathroom breaks and showers, of course. So we had to share a room. As I was getting in bed, I noticed that Elder A had deadlocked the bedroom door as well as put a chain lock on it, which I thought was strange, due to us locking the front door to the apartment as well. When I asked him why he locked the door, he said something like, Oh, you know. And didn't say anything else. The dude was a strange bird, so I thought nothing of it and just went to bed. I was rudely awoken several hours later by Elder A loudly moaning in his sleep, like super loud. Dude 
it was bad. I was quickly distracted by the moans when I noticed that the power was out. Thus, the heat was also out, and I could see my breath in front of me. The only light in the room was the aurora borealis glowing outside. I suddenly felt a sick, dark feeling, like I was afraid, but I wasn't quite sure why. I suddenly realized that I could hear someone walking around in the kitchen. This was not normal, as we were the only ones in the apartment. I thought about getting up and checking it out, but I had this feeling that I needed to stay put in my bed. I could hear who or whatever it was moving plates and silverware around. Eventually, walking around not sound like it was doing anything specific, but just making noise as if it was moving plates from one part of the counter to another. Finally, it started walking around in circles. I could hear the footsteps coming closer to the door and then moving away from it. It would do this three times, walking close to the door and then walking back from it. This whole ordeal lasted about 10 minutes. My heart was beating out of my chest and I didn't know what to do. But being the religious person that I was, I said a prayer to myself, asking whatever it was to go away. And right when the prayer was finished, it stopped. I'm not sure what caused it, but whatever was moving and causing a ruckus didn't want to stick around anymore. I eventually was able to fix the power and turn the heater on and I fell fast asleep. The next morning, I had decided that it must have been a dream and that in my state of being half awake, my mind was playing tricks on me. Indeed, I have been exhausted and stressed out, so my restless mind must have been acting up. I decided not to share this incident with anyone. That is, until two or three weeks later, I was hanging out with another set of missionaries who happened to live right by. We were up late swapping scary stories. I didn't have any good ones to tell, so I decided to tell my story at the zone leader's apartment. As I was telling my story, one of my buddies begins to get very pale and very quiet. When I finished telling my story, he explained that a week or so before I was in that apartment, he had been on an exchange with Elder A as well. That night, they had decided to sleep with the door open. My buddy was awoken in the middle of the night, seeing an outline of a man in the doorway, or a shadow man, he wasn't sure. When my buddy asked the shadow man what he was doing there, the figure said, I'm looking for Elder B. Except this dark figure used Elder B's full name. My buddy responded, Well, Elder B isn't here. He's with my companion. The figure then vanishes. And from there on out, Elder A and Elder B double locked the bedroom door every night. You're probably wondering, as I was, why Elder B? Well, 
The man has always been doing sketchy stuff. One time, my companion John and I had come home one night to our apartment. Something fell off. When we walked in, we walked into the living room to see that on our coffee table, there was a pentagram made of salt with a doll that I had received for Christmas as a gag gift. In the middle, its eyes darkened with a sharpie. John and I were shocked. We broke the pentagram and blessed our apartment. Then everything started to feel right. Another weird thing about Elder B is a video time lapse. A video surfaced of him and a group of people who we don't know. They were wearing cloaks in a room. The room was lit only with candles and they were walking in a trance-like circle around the room. Elder B has gone back to Arizona when this had surfaced, so no one could question him about it. To add a little fun note to this story, when I finished my mission, I was telling the story to my father's extended family at our cabin. When I had gotten to the part where the power had gone out, the power went out on our cabin and my little brother got a bloody nose. Probably nothing, but it certainly added to the atmosphere of my retelling of the event. Now before this event, I certainly believed that there has to be something going on. When it comes to paranormal and the stories we hear people tell, 99% of them are probably BS. Whether mine's in the 99 or the 1%, that's up to you. Another takeaway was that these dark spirits are real, and if they indeed are malevolent and want to cause harm, per the rules of the universe, there has to be opposites in all things. And if there is so-called dark and evil force, there has to be an opposite, a force of light and good. That gives me a strange feeling of comfort for some reason. Story 2 Last summer I was home alone on this particular night, which is unusual. I live in a duplex. My upstairs neighbor went snow machining up in Fairbanks, Alaska. I live in Anchorage. It was 3 to 4 a.m. on a Saturday morning. My daughter was at a sleepover and my man was at work. It was just me and my two kitties. We were watching TV and I had smoked some tree earlier in the night. We've lived here for three and a half years now, and we've had regular haunting as my landlord's husband died of a sudden burst of aneurysm. He is mischievous and will turn the TV off if I'm watching something that he doesn't like. Reality shows, mostly. I have seen him move some things. I don't see him a lot out of the corner of my eye, mostly. This experience, however, wasn't him. It was something much, much darker. I had the TV on. I had two battery-powered lights on. My bathroom light in the master bedroom and the hall light on. My cat's names are Scraps and Migo. 
the bathroom door are sliding mirrors. It was opened and so was the door to my room. I'm drifting off to sleep with one cat in front and one behind me. Scraps was behind me and Migos was in front of me. Scrap is a gray stripe and he's tall and lean. Migo is a medium haired tabby. He was laying in front of me. All at once, Migo and Scraps jump up immediately in a defensive position. All the lights went out, including the two batteried powered lights. I laid there in fear as my cats were now spitting and growling extremely low at the figure that was by the bathroom door. Scraps came and got in front of me as if to protect me. As we all watched this tall black figure emerge from the bathroom closet. After a second, it dissolved into darkness as all the lights came back on. I grabbed my cats and ran out of that house. I didn't even put shoes on. My keys were right next to me and we dipped. I haven't had any experiences with that particular entity. Side note, I've always been extremely energy conscious. I'm not a medium or anything like that. I have had a lot of experiences with the paranormal. I'm glad I have somewhere to share them. Story 3 I was 18 and done with school. I had a younger sister who I always had to take to school. And I also had to take her back home. During the morning, I woke her up to get ready for school. We usually get ready very early. And during the winter, it was pitch black. My sister gets ready very fast, so we'd had time to have breakfast. Around 7 a.m., I start the car up to get it warmed up. I tell ya, living in Alaska is cold. Your car windows are frozen ice, and fog will form if you use hot heat. I used the AC to prevent the fog. I went back inside, and we chilled for 20 minutes. I then got ready and headed out. Outside of my house, I shouted for my sister to hurry up and get into the car, and that we were leaving. At this point, I got in my car a big SUV, and I unlocked the doors since we were about to leave. I went in, and I see that my sister is already sitting in the back passenger seat. We left the house, and I started to drive into the big streets, heading towards her school. At this point, I got a call from my sister. Dude, why are you calling me? Asking her as she is sitting silently in the back seat. I groaned and I played along and answered the phone anyways. What do you want? I said. My sister and I had a close relationship, so we called each other out. 
Stupid idiot. Why the heck did you leave me at home? She yelled through the phone. I was confused. Then I slowly turned back and to look at this girl that is sitting in the back seat. In Alaska, we only get like five hours of daylight. So I couldn't even see her appearance. Just the dark silhouette of her figure. Right then and there, I threw my phone on the ground. I screamed for my life and drove into the side road to stop the car and to prevent traffic. Before I could even get out, she was already gone. I stood in my car for about 10 minutes. And in those 10 minutes of silence, I kept asking myself questions. I then found the courage to go back home. And I cried all the way there. I drove straight into the house parking the ugliest way I ever could. And I told my parents to wake up. My sister stared at me as if she knew I was in terror. Mom, Dad, wake up. Wake up, please. I shouted. They both got up and asked me what happened. I told them everything and they said to just wait until the day goes by so they can call a shaman. My sister didn't go to school that day. We called her in absent because I was too scared to drive her. During the evening, the shaman came in and asked me some questions. He told me I shouted out really loud for my sister to hurry up and to get in the car. This caused an attraction for a spirit to follow me. I was scared at this point. The shaman told me that the spirit was just lonely, so it followed me. He also told me that the spirit thought of me as a sister since I shouted for my sister to hurry up. He then told me that it was okay and that nothing will happen later on. About a month later, nothing happened and all was fine. Every day, I took my sister to school and tried not to shout to invite other spirits. I always checked to see if my sister was in the back passenger seat. But one day, as I was driving my sister to school, I got a call and the caller ID says, it's my sister. So I looked back and screamed, Loudly. Butthead, I know you're back there. Stop messing with me, stupid idiot. I shouted. I'm not messing with you. Seriously. My sister replied. Then why are you calling me then? I yelled. I don't even have my phone on me. She said. I'm shaking at this point. But I answered the phone because maybe it could be my mother or my father calling. I answered the phone and a slight devilish voice questioned me. I'm your sister too, right? Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. If you haven't, please check out my other episodes. Until then, see you in the next episode.